Welcome back to the Rose Bros Podcast. This episode, we are joined by Corey Dawsdahl, president of Ascend Ecotech, a wastewater cleaning and purifying business primarily focused on industrial applications. Ascend provides sustainable chemistry solutions so that water used in everything from pulp and paper to oil and gas, agriculture, and mining is left in a state that allows it to be reused again. Instead of using synthetic chemicals to purify water, Ascend has created a natural mixture that is environmentally friendly. The goal of Ascend is to allow companies to be able to reuse all water 100% instead of having to constantly use fresh water in their day-to-day operations. We sat down for a smooth cup of Rose Bros coffee and discussed the problem of contaminated water used in industry, how water purification technology is improving, the challenges of using fresh water in industry, giving back to the environment while making a profit, and a lot more. Also, this week's podcast is brought to you by A1 Media. Looking to grow your business online? A1 can help grow your business through its bundled media packages, including a website, newsletter, social media accounts, e-commerce storefront, or a podcast. Let A1 help tell your entrepreneurial story and reach millions of new customers. Check out a1dev.ca today for more details on how you can grow your business. Also, looking to learn more about everything from healthcare to the outdoors, investing, and local news? Check out the Rose Bros newsletter. The Rose Bros newsletter is sent twice a month and is packed with interesting articles, new podcast episodes, book recommendations, pictures, quotes, and tweets. Head over to rosebros.ca today and learn more. We can start recording. Okay. Corey Dosdell, you oh. are the president of Ascend Ecotech. That's correct. I am. Thanks for doing this. You're welcome. I really appreciate your time. You are also a very good hockey player. A long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing beer league last night and I'm, uh, I had to hobble up the stairs to get into the lab today. <laughs> WHL. Five years in the WHL. Yeah. I started in Regina. I spent a couple, three years in Tri-Cities, and then I came back and played my last year with the Pats in 94, 93, 94. And then you... And then I went on... I started um, doing classes at the University of Regina while I was playing and finished off my business degree there. And after I was done playing hockey in, uh, in Regina, I decided to look for a job. And unfortunately, back then, there was a lot of uh, life insurance sales opportunities and what have you. So I thought, ah, I'm going to try something else. And I'd always really enjoyed living in the States. So I went and tried out and made the uh, Wichita Thunder. I played down there for two years. After that, I um, I had met my first wife down there, so I wanted to do something a little more lucrative than playing in the East Coast Hockey League, and um, I became a stockbroker with Solomon Smith Barney for uh, five or six years. Um, and then, unfortunately, my marriage didn't last, so I uh, decided to come back to Canada, and everybody had lived in uh, Regina, was now in Calgary, so it was an easy transition here, and I've been here since 2001. What is the Sandy Ecotech? So Send Ecotech is a company that we've created via a partnership with a large distributor in the United States where we're introducing eco-friendly chemistries into produced water. And any anybody that has tailings, ponds, or SAG-D, anyone that uses a lot of water, automotive, agriculture, lives, uh, livestock, obviously. And we're attempting to 
clean this water to the point where it can be reused in their system or discharged environmentally back into the uh, into the rivers if if they meet code and what have you. And the main thing that we're so excited about is that all of our chemistries are are starch based as opposed to most other chemistries that we're aware of are very much. Uh, synthetic metal based, uh, not as as economically friendly as say corn syrup, and and that's mm-hmm. one of our our calling points, and we're very proud of that. And you know we want to help companies manage their ESG uh, scores, and and hopefully we can do a small part in keeping some trucks off the road that are using gasoline and all the different things that are the the issues in in today's world. Did you spot a market opportunity? Were you being kind of passionate about water and ESG well, for a while? Or? Well, we've we've been interested in the space for some time. And since I left being a stockbroker, I've been a venture capitalist in Calgary for 20 years. And we've put a significant amount of capital into this to get it to where it is. And we just see that, I mean, you have to be not have a Twitter or a newspaper to, to know that where the trend is going environmentally. And when we found these products and we were very excited to introduce them and we, we think that, you know, it's something that can be, you know, a real benefit and then leave a good footprint for the environment. In a nutshell, you take the product, add it to dirty water and at the end of the process, it comes out clean. Yeah. Like we've had some of the most disgusting looking samples and, uh, some of them I did, especially with some tailings ponds that we've been able to treat. I didn't even know there was water in it. And at the end, we're able to knock all the solids out. The solids fall to the bottom. And then the solids are then removed from the composition and, and disposed of or repurposed. Some people have talked about using it to create concrete or different things along those lines. But for the most part, it's it's buried. It's kind of in the R&D stage right now. Well, not not really. What we we're at now is we've got we're focused on commercialization. Our R and D has been mostly completed. We our partner that uh, we purchased the products from, uh, the chemistry company is a fifty seven year old company out of Chicago. They're doing substantial sales. They've they've been awesome in helping us with different data points and the research that you know most people need to allow you into a site. But like some of these sites that we're looking at are you know, very multi-billion type infrastructures and they just don't let anybody in there to try a new potion. And so it's nice to have the the backing of the science and the experience that, that our partners have. Would you say the oil and gas market is the biggest market? The oil and gas market is the most interesting and, and that would be because the volumes are just so enormous. And if anybody ever has a time to do a little research on say an oil sand operation in Northern Alberta, the amount of bitumen and, and water that's taken to to mine the, the oil off the sands is incredible. And like it's in the millions of barrels a day for water and just over a million of barrels a day for water. And they're producing, you know, five, six hundred thousand barrels of bitumen a day. So it's massive operations with small cities that live up there in those camps. And it's it's big money. And the idea is just to create a cleaner water product at the end of the day. We want them to be able to repurchase as much water as possible because, and rightly so, they're having more and more difficulty pulling fresh water out of the Athabasca River, which as a Canadian that if you're biased at all, it's not really, it's not the oil and gas industry's water, it's the citizens of Canada's water. And so it's, I think it's their duty to repurpose as much water as they can. And, and they're, they're moving in that direction now a little bit by force, I think, but it's, it's just, it's a good environment for, uh, for everybody, especially for Canadians and our fresh water. 
to paint a picture of the business, if you guys were selling widgets, how would you describe the product in terms of a widget? It's made in a lab and then added to the water, sort of in a. So what we have is we we generally ask our clients to and prospects to send us their sample. And we've got a 10, 12 products and every, everybody's water is, is dr- dramatically different from somewhere in British Columbia and say Fort St. John or somewhere in Grand Prairie in Alberta, the water composition is very different. And so not unlike a hot tub where you have to manage your pH levels and maybe some person has more body sweat than another or whatever the reason that their pH levels are off in the hot tub, you may have to add more chemical or less chemical depending on the composition. So we create a solution in our lab that is designed to manage the the client and, and his, uh, his, his personal needs. Again, no different than a psychologist, I would say. Everybody's got a different problem. You design the product create the, I guess, batch and then send it up to the physical site? Correct. It would be sent up to the physical site. We create the potion or the the mixture, I guess is a better word, that, that fits their formation water. And then it would go directly to them and it would be applied at their facility with their staff. What's gone into creating the, the labs and the all the R&D and the facilities and all that has been a major investment. Is it a major footprint? Uh, well, it's been, it felt like a major investment for me and my two partners. There's three of us <laughs> that own this and we've been paying uh, monthly to keep the doors open for, for a while. We've just recently in the last few months uh, added to the income statement as opposed to just the balance sheet and the, on the, on the shareholder loan and, and equity side, but the bigger scheme it's, it hasn't been, it hasn't been, you know, super capital intensive. Other, we've been able to acquire a lab, uh, um, which has been instrumental in our growth. Um, we've been able to leverage off of the experience of our partner down in the states and the mistakes they've made. And there's a whole lot that goes into the logistical side of this business with shipping of totes, and now especially with border crossing backups and rail cars are hard to get. And some of our clients are experiencing um, supply chain issues and unable to, to source scale inhibitors and different things along those lines. So that's been a benefit for us too, is that, you know, we've spent a lot of time and money in securing those relationships and our supply chain currently is solid and we're able to provide the chemicals that some others aren't, which is creating some opportunities too. This is kind of at the venture stage, it sounds like right now, but the idea is to make a profit one day. Yeah, we're we're excited in the in the the fact that when you make a sale, it's not like selling a sandwich. It's a residual based uh, income that comes in. The wells never shut off; they run twenty four seven. The chemicals that are required, either for the scale inhibitor or to, to manage the and repurpose the water and it never ends. The the pumps go up and down on Christmas Eve, on your birthday and every other day of the year. So it's it's very residual. It's it seems to be a sticky process where once you get in and, and you service your client, they, they turn into long term clients and so quickly the the revenue stream hockey sticks. It would be an example of eco capitalism similar to Mike Rutherford at Rental Eco Services, shout out, where the idea is to help the environment and make a profit. Well, Mike's doing great stuff over there. I mean, they're uh, taking those liners and recycling them. And again, that's very similar to what we're doing. And we're excited that we're going to have a partnership with them and where they're going to have our products available for, for distribution to their clients. And, and they're just awesome people to work with over there. Do you think of it that way from an eco-capitalism perspective? Or- 
you know, I like to tell my staff we're just regular people doing <laughs> heroes work, you know, and, and that we're trying our best to leave the planet a little better. And if we happen to make a couple of bucks along the way, that's that's good too, because we've definitely put in the time and the effort to to get it uh, to where it is today. Are there other examples of companies out there doing this? Has it been? You know, we, we're competing against the Baker Hughes and the Secure Energies and uh, Dow Chemical. And so there's some very large people that we've found so far maybe don't service their clients as, as, as well as a smaller entity like us can. And uh, some of the clients that we see that are, are you know, half million to a million dollar spends a year in chemical, they don't seem to get the time of day from these people and we're going to try to market to them and and we call them the low hanging fruit, but they're the, they're the, the little guy that needs a little bit of service. And, and, and uh, that's a, a lot of the feedback we're getting is they're looking for someone to have a relationship with and, and they really are attracted to the eco-friendly corn starch agricultural product that we offer that isn't going to hurt the environment because it looks good on them. And, and most people have a social con- conscience and it's been res- well received. How hard is it to differentiate your products when, for example, someone like Baker Hughes sees it or gets a hold of the idea and they start making it? Is it difficult to keep it proprietary? Well, thankfully, through our partnership, uh, we've got all of our products are patented and protected in that regard. Now, with that being said, there's patent law is a tricky area that I don't want to get into, but there's a lot of different um, chemistries that have been around since the 1900s that people use and rebrand. And what we do is can also be done with synthetic synthetic chemistries, but we, uh, we feel that we have a cost advantage. We, uh, we feel that we have uh, less chemical that needs to be added. And again, at the end, we, we're not putting metallic binding chemicals into the, into the ground like these other guys are. So it's kind of a synthetic versus natural solution. We're a natural solution. And at the end of the day, you guys make your margin off volume of products sold back to the company. This is a volume business. And depending on the client and the product, you know, generally we, we charge on a, on a flow through basis. And so if a person is cleaning a thousand barrels a day, there's a, it usually is priced out on, on, on that volume. So once you've sold all your product, paid for all your fixed costs, that's where the profit will come in the end. Yeah, and with the infrastructure we have currently, I don't like it, it's it's very scalable. Like our fixed costs are 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 reasonable, and and then of course, as I talked about a minute ago, the the stickier the clients seem to stick, and you stack a couple of decent orders on top of each other, and it's a it's a great little business. What's the biggest opportunity for Ascend going forward? Well, the biggest opportunity we're we're very interested in getting more into the mining sector. The oil and gas is wonderful. The volumes are as high as any industry we know of in the world. And uh, one of the weaknesses I think we've had as a sales team is we've focused solely on oil and gas, uh, at least at the start. And, and you know, those are, those are big, big eggs to crack. The sales process is long. Uh, you have to show everybody a lot of uh, results before they'll let you in. But with, with, with that being said, there's a lot of tailings, ponds, and, and different mining operations all throughout British Columbia, Alberta, Saskatchewan. Potash is another one. We, uh, we're going to be focusing our marketing efforts in the uh, Q1 of this year uh, very much on the mining sector. Lithium, too, I would imagine. It's hot. Like, you know, the batteries for the EV cars, that's not going to go away there. You've probably seen pictures of what a lithium mine looks like, and they have a bit of a, of a, an uphill battle in terms of eco 
marketing and what that looks like as opposed to an oil sand site or or a regular uh, oil and gas site lithium gold copper silver all of these um, inflationary metals where a lot of people are putting capital into these sectors um, to hopefully offset some of the inflationary pressures we're seeing uh, i don't see that abating anytime soon and so the mining sector is just a great place to be right now Right now, the goal is to have the water clean when it comes out of, say, Tailings Pond. How close are you guys or is the industry in general to having that happen where the water comes out totally clean? Well, currently, we're not aware of a one chemical procedure that that uh, fixes the problem. Although we do feel like, and we've got a large pilot that we're about to announce with a pretty major company to try and clean up their tailings, that we have found a solution. And now it's it, you go to a pilot, and then if you if your technology meets the standards of your client, then you go on to to hopefully win the contract, and then you get into their facility. But to put it into perspective, the I read an article the CBC put out a couple of weeks ago, and the tailings ponds in northern Alberta are in excess of 1.4 trillion liters, which is the equivalent of 560,000 Olympic-sized swimming pools back to back, which to put it into even dumb it down more, it would be the equivalent of putting a swimming pool back to back from Edmonton to Australia and back. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of problem up there. And what's happening is a, these tailing spawns have been sitting up there for 50 and 60 years and it's creating these methane bubbles that are coming to the top and they're, they're, um, they're, making it very difficult for some of the major players up there to meet their ESG mm-hmm. requirements because of this. And then that ethanol that goes into the atmosphere is killing birds and obviously creating problems for the ozone layer. So there's a, there's a push to, to fix this problem. I don't think it's hundred percent voluntary, but it's, it's coming and, uh, and it's, and so it should be like, that's a problem. Big problem, big opportunity, big problem, big opportunity. It's been a problem for quite some time. It's been a problem for a long, long time, you know, 30, 40 years, and they keep putting more and more in there. And, and now the there's risk of some of the tailings pond dams overflowing, and like the time to act is, is pretty pretty well now. And the technology's slowly been getting better? Well, there's there's... When you are talking about that kind of volume, and that's not a... That's an outflow expense, almost like a, like a surcharge to to your business. Um it hasn't been a high priority because it's not a revenue generating opportunity. It's a negative cash flow opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so it's our understanding now that it's it's just not optional. It's more like car insurance. Like either you fix it or you're getting shut down. We've all heard the different rumblings from Ottawa about them hoping to phase out the oil sands as quick as possible. And so you can just imagine the, the pressure they're under to uh, mm-hmm. to go above and beyond the, the call of duty in, in, in the environment. And that's why the last few years, the technology seems to be getting better is because the problem is becoming louder and there's more pressure on the companies to deal with it. You need to come up there with a solution that takes care of something that when it comes out of the tailings ponds, it generally looks like porridge. Like I said, I didn't even know there was water in the first couple of samples. And you also have to do it economically because, you know, people can't go out of business to clean, to clean these ponds. And so it's a it's a double edged sword in that regard, and we really feel comfortable that, based on what we've seen so far, that our input costs are a lot lower than any current solutions that we've been able to to source. Is there a solution out there that may cost a fortune that does work? There is, there is, but it's super expensive, hmm. 
And it's also back to the five, three, four, five chemicals that you need to, to put in. And we believe that we found a pretty tight solution that's cost effective where it has a two chemical solution, both being starch based technologies. So it is possible. It's just in the past, it's cost. Correct. <laughs> Correct. It's like going uh, on a spaceship ride with Jay Jeff Bezos. It's uh, possible, but you need about 15 million bucks. So the <laughs> solution that Ascend is offering is cheaper and natural. Yes. And our marketing efforts have been heavy into trying to get, in fact, we've got one person that we brought on staff that's been working with uh, one of the main groups up there. And uh, we're three years into the process of testing and trial and error. And we believe now that we've, we've got something that's uh, very commercial. If you did have something commercial, would it be a huge investment to scale it up or is it? Well, we've been, because we're, I've been able to uh, arrange uh, financing through our vendor to, to, so if we had to, we're talking about a couple million bucks a month worth of chemicals that would need to be on hand. And so that created a pot problem for a small company, but we were exactly. able to, to get product financing for that. And um, so we're, we're ready to go. It seemed like if you did get something going, it would might be a challenge to scale. The money's there, obviously. And we would be able to fill that order. I yeah. See. And that's, that's, we're very proud of that. What's been the biggest challenge for Ascend so far? COVID wasn't so good. You know, we had, we had some, a product line that we were, you know, happy with and what have you. And we were told that the input ingredients that come out of China were no longer available and, and, uh, they're not sure when they will be available again. And, and so that created the, the pivot, which ended up being the best thing that we've, we've, were able to do in the last year is, is, uh, it forced us to find an alternative chemicals and we were able to partner with these guys and, and now we've got something uh, that we don't know of anyone else that has. It's something that it's on the front page of everybody's to-do list is get more, get greener. If people want to learn more about Ascend, where can they find the company info? They can go to our website at www.ascendecotech.com or uh, shoot us a line. Shoot us a line. My number uh, yeah. is on the website. We're happy to talk about it anytime and we're definitely uh, open for business. Awesome. Well, I think that covers the grounds on Ascend and Ascend Ecotech and what you guys are up to and how the product works, the opportunities, challenges. Thank you. Bob's your uncle. Thanks. I appreciate it. Take care. <laughs> thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for listening, everyone. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. If you like what you heard, check out rosebros.ca where we will have upcoming shows. Until next time, happy coffee drinking. <laughs>